Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. On today's episode of Habits and Hustle, we have Dr. Caroline Leaf. Dr. Leaf is a communication pathologist and a cognitive neuroscientist. She has helped literally hundreds of thousands of students and adults learn how to use their minds to detox and grow their brain to succeed in every area of their life, including school, university, and the workplace. She is also a best-selling author of many books. And in her newest book called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, Dr. Leaf offers five simple and scientifically proven steps called the NeuroCycle to help people overcome the unhealthy thinking habits that contribute to their anxiety, stress, depression, toxic thinking, and intrusive thoughts, and replace them with positive thinking that leads to health, happiness, and success. This episode is full of great information that I learned a lot from and is practical that you can integrate into your life easily. I highly suggest you listen and glean as much information from it as I have. Your newest book is called Cleaning Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Here it is. Yes. And boy, this, okay, so this book has so much information in it. Like usually, you know, you get a book and like if you get like one or two like little nuggets of wisdom, you're like happy. This, every page, there's like something else. Like my notes, now the problem is I have so many notes for you. Like, so I want to ask you, right? That's, I love that. It's true. And like the, the, unfortunately though, because there's so many notes, the, the typing is so small, I won't be able to read them, but that's because. Oh gosh, I've done that too. Like I can't read my own writing. Then I write them and I can't read my own handwriting. So it's, yeah. Yeah. You're, no, yes. This is that. That's exactly what happens to me. And so like, oh. I don't even know where to begin except like, I'm just going to jump right into it. Yeah. So, just jump in and let's see where the conversation goes. That's great. I, I'm going I'll to. So you. Okay, good. So I'm, I have to be in my eye now. Hold on one second. I'm going to. Oh, shame. Oh. Uh, it's always, it ha- it's amazing how that can go. That happened to me in the middle of an interview the other day. My mascara just like dropped into my eyes. And oh, I don't geez. know why. And then I had and to try and, you know, not I, like pull with tears. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. I think I'll be okay. Uh, let's, let's just talk first about the whole overall wellness umbrella. You know, how people. Okay tend to focus on like the physical fitness, the diet, mm-hmm. and yet like the brain, the mind is kind of always an afterthought when that's kind of what leads everything else. You got right? it. Yeah. I love that. It's true though. And I find it very interesting, like how that should be kind of part of your day-to-day lifestyle, like everything, like the other elements are. Can you kind of like, let's talk about like, uh, let's talk about what your whole book approach is and like what neurocycling is. And we can kind of then go from there because that's, absolutely. that's, that kind of is like the, the crux of everything. Right. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we, I can begin. We start. Yeah, already. please okay. go ahead. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that is, that what you've just said is really, it does. It is the crux of everything. If you think of it, your mind is, your mind never switches off. And the, and the easiest way to understand this is the difference between, um, us being alive and a dead person is our mind. It's our mind. The, our mind yeah. is literally that, that, that's how important the mind is. It's actually like, if you look at the scientific research, it's about 99% of who we are as a human. So when that, when you die, that goes and your body and brain disintegrate. And that, so if that's how important it is, if it's literally driving the brain and the body, it's driving the genetics, it's driving, and I've got all these little props. 
Um, so for those that all these little, you'll see brains coming up and all kinds of things coming up. Um, but literally, we are driving this, and the brain and the body respond. And and once we get that kind of thinking, and we realize one of the quotes I put in the book is that you can go three weeks without food, yes. you can go three days without water, you can go three minutes without oxygen, but you don't even go three seconds without thinking. You wake up with your mind, you eat with your mind, you do your workout with your mind. We have this conversation with our mind. You interact with your family with your mind. You go to bed with your mind. You sleep with your mind. It never stops but we don't pay attention to it in science it's considered the hard question of science so they kind of relegate it to this is certain branches of science um, and it, but it's actually the most obvious question so I've studied it for 38 years and I wanted to for starting in a very in a very clinical sense and then applying it to all different levels education corporate and then just being a human and that has really shifted how, how I understand mind so basically mind is how you it's your aliveness it's drives your brain and your body your brain and body respond without mind these don't exist and they, it basically is on a psychological level, your mind is how you think and how you feel and how you choose. It's those three things. So you're always, right right now, everyone listening and watching, you're thinking, feeling, choosing, thinking, feeling, choosing in little cycles. When you think, you feel. When you think and feel, you choose. So think of those always together. That's mind in action. And mind is always in action. So you are thinking, feeling, and choosing at the moment in, at, in, at 400 billion actions per second on the non-conscious level to convert what you're hearing and seeing into, into your brain, into little trees in your brain that look literally like trees. We're literally growing my words into trees in your brain, which is quite amazing. So that means you are driving the neuroplasticity of your brain as you're listening to me. Now, this is really significant. People may think, well, what's important about that? Well, let me tell you. As you're listening to me, the information I'm giving you and the conversation we have will be going into the root parts like every tree's got a root and the roots there's a whole lot and the roots are the source of where of of the thought so this is a thought tree and like a tree is made of branches thoughts are made of memories so that's the roots are the source so like our conversation be the source then how what what the the tree trunk and the branches are your and the listeners and viewers interpretation of what they're hearing because even Mm. though you're all hearing the same thing and seeing the same thing because of our uniqueness we see it in our own unique way based on on our history of all of our thoughts right. we've been building and whatever's relevant, whatever's popping up at the moment as you build. Now you're doing this eight to 10,000 times in a day. So you're building around about eight to 10,000 of these in a day. Not all of them will stay in your mind and brain, but they're there, they're real. They are real physical things. So mm-hmm. they in your mind actually receives the information and it builds and it, it does this whole processing thing. And then it the brain and it pushes it in the brain and the brain responds by building. You also push it into the DNA of your body. So not only are you storing it in your brain, but in your body too. That's why we've got to be holistic in how we approach ourselves as humans. And it's in the mind. Where's the mind? It's all around and through the brain and the body. And we can use things like gravitational forces and Einstein's work on photons and all this quantum physics and all these fancy physics to understand that every single human has their own electromagnetic gravitational field around the body and that's mind so we build memory there too in these waves in the mind so it's phenomenal we're building every single experience from the time we open our eyes till the time we go to sleep we are converting every experience into these trees in the brain the mind and the body now sometimes we don't react like we should so here's a toxic looking tree so (laughs) so maybe a toxic issue happens like maybe you have an argument or maybe you um you read a post on instagram and get imposter syndrome or someone says 
something to you that throws you completely. And so that's or, or there's more traumatic. There's some sort of loss or death or abuse or bullying or whatever it is. The source is toxic. The roots are the toxic source. And then the tree trunk is how you're interpreting it. And then your, the, the branches are your interpretation in terms of your behaviors, your emotions, how you feel about yourself. That whole thing is how you show up. This whole thing is how you show up. Here's a toxic showing up. So this is right. the, the this is the withdrawing or relationship issues or feelings of constant anxiety and just not functioning like you should and whatever. And this is showing up doing whatever it is that you do that no one else can do and manifesting right. in your relationship and work, etc. So that's the those are the basic principles. So in just in this tiny bit already of speaking, we've I've already explained that the mind and the brain are separate. So we and we talk very often um the current uh, philosophy or the current sort of language is that right. mind mind and brain are the same thing, but they're not. The mind is not the brain. The brain is part of the physical. It's only 1%. It's the, it's physical structure. It's a responder. The mind is the 99% that makes the brain work. So mind and brain are separate, mind being the driver and brain being the responder. And then what does the brain build? Thoughts. Thoughts are not, and thoughts are made of memories. So that's also a difference. Thoughts and memories aren't the same thing. And a thought has got all the emotions in it. So emotions are memories inside thoughts. Because every time your mind works, you think and you feel and you choose. Right. So your your thoughts, your thinking and your feeling and your decisions are all in this tree. See, in response to this. So then how, that's, yes. So then I have a, I have a bunch of questions. You said a of lot course, of stuff there. No, yeah. so that's the foundation. I, now you can fire away. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, here I go. No. Um, so first of all, I guess, like, so you, in, in, so basically you speak a lot about uh, mind management and neurocycling and there's five steps. So the, the book again called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, five simple scientifically proven steps to reduce anxiety, stress, and toxic thinking. Could we, yep, there you go. I have mine too. <laughs> Good. Um, yes. So would you say then, could we, how does, how does your methodology help, let's say with, um, ruminating, right? Because people tend to like get stuck on the same thing and get not being able to move from that thought. Well, how do you kind of speak about in your book with your, with your method? How does it, how does it, how does neurocycling help something like that? That's really an excellent question. So ruminating is that hamster wheel where we just get stuck, stuck, stuck. Okay, so yeah. that's ruminating is um, now a signal that something's going on in your life. So we don't, everything we do, including ruminating, people pleasing, whatever it is that we're doing, let's be, we'll stick with the ruminating, is showing up. That's something that's showing up in your life because of. We never do anything just randomly. It's nothing that just sucked out of the air. There's always a reason why we do what we do. So then we've got to go to what produce. The only way we can do something is, is from a thought. You can't, you don't just, what everything we're doing is coming from a source. The source is the thought. And a thought's got all these components. So if we want to know why we're ruminating, we have to go and track the root. And if we find that root, we will actually understand why we're ruminating because ruminating is an unresolved issue. It's something that we just have not resolved. It's something that's there and, it's, and, and we just keep thinking of it over and over again. The other factor why ruminating becomes so dominant is that whatever we think about the most grows. Like think of it as watering yeah. a plant. As you water the plant, it just gets bigger and bigger. It's getting, and in, in brain science language, you're basically giving it more and more energy. So each time you think of that same thought and you play that story in your head you're making this thing stronger and stronger and then this thing this toxic thought with its origin 
and its manifest and its um, and its interpretation is then manifesting as the act of ruminating, and that leads to tremendous emotional kind of challenges like frustration or depression or anxiety or worry or trepidation or all of the above or more that I haven't mentioned. So what we have to do to fix it is we have to become very self-regulated, and this is where the mind management comes in, because right. mind. We have, in, in terms of mind, we have the mind that's the experimental messy part. And that's why I call cleaning up a mental mess. The messy mind is the very active one that's bang in the middle of life and is from the time you open your eyes is doing all the, the work of, you know, what's going on, what's processing, getting it in your brain, building these thoughts. But we don't always self-regulate like we should. In fact, most people, unless, unless we train ourselves, we, people just kind of, it's just very much reactive. They fire and off, right? Fire off. Yeah. Very reactive. And that. It's really not a good pattern. That creates tremendous uh, feelings, the feelings of overwhelm, burdened, mm -hmm. burnt out, under stress, all the things people say all the time. That comes from an unmanaged mind. That's the mental mess I'm talking about. And it's a very human experience. We all yeah. do that. So it's okay to feel a mental mess, but it's not okay to stay there. Because if you stay there, you're damaging your brain and your body. And we can talk about that in, in another section. I want to I wanna make sure I answer your question. So to fix up that ruminating, what we have to do is we have to get our messy mind under control how you you have a wise mind and a wise mind uh, for want of it i call it the wise mind or the survival mind in neuroscience we actually talk about it being wired for love so we see that the brain doesn't have any structures or neurobiology for stress or de depression or anxiety or frustration or any kind of toxicity it only has um, its design is to manage these things because we know as humans we're going to be messy and that's okay and it's accepting the messiness and repairing and growing that's what we designed for that's survival the survival right. is whoops that didn't work let me fix but survival right. survival isn't mess 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 so survival is saying making the messes seeing them and fixing them and to do that we have to step into this optimism bias, this wired for love mind. So when you have a brain that's wired like that, we talk about that. So that's the physical. In the mind, it's called the optimism bias or the survival mind. And that means that we're drawn to these to fix them because this is an imbalance. This is recognized by the brain immune system as dangerous as a COVID virus, for example. It's as yeah. real as COVID virus. So it's, it's got a, it's proteins. This is a real thing in your brain. It's proteins and chemicals and, and quantum vibrations and all kinds of quantum science, uh, uh, sciencey stuff. A virus is, has also got a physical structure. As soon as there's a virus in your body or damage in your body or bacteria, your brain's immune system says, whoops, survival, fight this thing, send out the right. army. Your a toxic thought does the same thing. So ruminating is now, if we keep sticking with the same thought and growing it, our brain's immune system starts freaking out and we start sending out lots of T lymphocytes and B lymphocytes and macrophages to the site and we create inflammation. That will make us feel like foggy and like our decision making is not so good and we start getting these these cognitive effects. We also get the downscale effect into our body of feeling like, you know, hovering anxiety in our mind, but we also start feeling anxious in our body you might feel some pain in your body gut issues whatever so the way to to fix this is to recognize this first of all to recognize the signals signals are warning you like an alarm goes how do you do that up. well then i have I a couple questions you said a couple yes, things. Yes. okay you said self-regulation is super important for this super and, so, and also um having the awareness when it's happening are the yes. two things so it's very so for people like self to say 
self-regulation can be kind of difficult for people who, you know, can't self-regulate. That's the, that's, if they have that as an issue, how does someone even begin to get better at self-regulating and how do they even feel, um, how do people who are not good at having self-awareness get better at those two things? So I feel like in order to fix the ruminating problem, you have two Let's other issues. To, yeah. Yes, yeah. And it's really right? great because I was going to dive into all of that. So you're very, very insightful. Yes. It's very good that you that you said that. So thank you. You asked what I was going to dive into. Very insightful. Um, okay, so thank first you. of all, yes, no, it's great. Self-regulation is absolutely key. Now, first of all, self-regulation is a skill you can develop. So that will make everyone feel at ease. Like you go to, they don't just come to you and they fit. They come to you all the time and they train. So you, right. you don't go to the gym once. It's the same principle operating, but we don't apply that to our mind. Exactly right. like we know you exactly. cannot go to the gym once. You cannot just, you know, it's use your mind once. Working. Yes. And your mind is working anyway, like your muscles are working anyway. But if you don't work your muscles, your muscles are not going to do what they should do. Same thing with your mind. Your right. brain is a muscle, but your mind is not. Your mind is an energy force that works the muscle. So your, right. your, your muscle of your brain just does what your mind tells it to do. So you have to work your, your mind. So you have to learn how to tap into that wise mind to manage the messy mind. And that's what self-regulation is. And it begins, self-regulation is a big word that takes you into awareness and takes you beyond awareness okay so it's, right. it's a lot so we've got to start so if you take self-regulation and we break it down it's awareness and then it's beyond the neurocycle is the beyond and the awareness is kind of your preparation how do you right. do awareness you train yourself mind is malleable trainable which is really great right. to know this is why you should be teaching your kids this from young mind management's like a it's a life skill without mind management we, we just going to make a mess a lot of the time right. a, lot of the, a lot of the time we get it right we, we neurocycle without even knowing we're doing it that's because this is a scientific process that happens anyway i've just studied it and made it conscious and made it simple for people to understand but this right. is a brain mind brain function so it's something that we as humans can learn so it's malleable so the way that i've developed this is that you can do you can do the first thing to get awareness is you develop what you you, you activate what i call the multiple perspective advantage right. so you practice standing back and observing your own thinking, feeling, and choosing. And so mind is thinking, feeling, and choosing. And you can train yourself to be aware of your thinking, feeling, and choosing by going into the multiple perspective advantage. We are able as humans to watch ourselves. And if people think how, you just do it right now. Look at yourself in the reflection of the, if, you, if you're watching us, look right. at them, find a mirror, pick up your cell phone and watch yourself or something. Um, Absolutely. Be aware of what are you doing. Like, for example, how am I holding my hands? What am I? How am I sitting? What am I doing? So start with a basic, basic level of what am I doing in this moment. Then watch yourself as you read an email. Immediately be aware. How am I feeling? What am I? What are my body movements? What am I? What are my behaviors? How am I responding? What's going through my head? And then then have a conversation with someone and watch how you string your words together, your body language, your intonation, the impact on them, the response, and watch the response and watch yourself responding and watch how you're choosing. Your, I tell you, it's it's once you get into it, you you it catches like fire. And yeah. and it, it, it'll take a bit of time to develop. You talk about developing habits. I've done research on how long it takes to do a, build a habit because there's very little research. And it takes I 63 know. days. I was yeah, going to so. ask you and to say that to you. So everyone always says it's 21 days, right? Like we've had people on this podcast who were um, habit experts like BJ yeah. Fogg and all yeah, sorts of people. Yeah. Um, everyone's like, oh, 21 days. But really like people who are like what you like re true like doctors, neuroscientists, they're always kind of like, you know, hesitant to say. 
And you're saying it's actually 63 days to actually yeah. build a habit? Yes. Why? Why? Where did it come from? Where did this whole 21-day thing come from? It came from, and I put it in the book, there's a, a plastic surgeon, I think it was a plastic surgeon years ago, a surgeon years ago was talking about the cycles that our body goes through with healing. So if you have a blister, oh. it takes your <laughs> immune system about three weeks for the blister to heal. So if you've got a major surgery, you're going to heal in maybe nine weeks or 12 weeks or 24 weeks, but it works in cycles of three for the stem cells and all the, so that was translated into popular myth and became this myth of 21 days it just kind of worked that's how myths oh, develop so yeah. I, so very there's been so little research done on it and i read all these people like go as you say there's so many people that talk about it hey, listen go do the science don't talk about what you don't know because right. it does not take 21 days and it takes what i've explained in the book and i've given graphs and everything to show people um i decided to do the research to do research because i think there's four or five studies that have been done one in london there's a couple in the states looking at how what is the how long does it really take to change behavior because a habit yeah. means behavior change and what I saw is that it takes 21 days there is something that happens it takes 21 days to find this pattern why you're ruminating to break it down and to re reconstruct it into a reconceptualized process okay so to oh, take okay. the tree and break it down you get what you call gamma peaks happening around 21 days and that's an interesting thing a gamma peak means gamma when you get gamma waves in your brain you get all these different ways gamma alpha beta delta but gamma specifically kind of seals the deal when it comes to neuroplasticity or change so you want certain kind of gamma waves to flow from the back of your wave to the front of your brain back to the front of your brain but in a very kind of ripply way and i mean this is i know i'm trying to make some complex science simple when it does that <laughs> then you actually have all these chemical reactions and you turn this thing loses its energy it transfers to here and you grow a, a thought but that only happens if you run it if it's run by your mind so if your mind is actually running the process in a very systematic sequential daily process then by day 21 you will have this gamma peak which means you've now done this building thing so you've built the new thought you've built what you want to do where you want to go you've broken down the toxic pattern or you've identified the trauma and you're at the place where you're not saying i am depression you're saying i am depressed because of and here's the root cause right um i'm ruminating because of here's the root cause that'll take you 21 days but to make sure you don't ruminate anymore about the same thing, you then need to practice for another 42 days. And the reason being is that these are this is this is now a teeny little plant. It's a baby plant and you have to water it. That's literally what's right. happening. And if you don't water it, it's there. You know you've done the work. And it's the most frustrating thing if people don't get told this because you do the work. This happens in therapy a lot as well. Um, and But then, then people think, okay, well, why am I not applying this? I right. know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not doing it. What's the key? What's the bridge? It's the other 42 days. That's critical. I mean, I'm give or take a few days. I mean, if it's 43 or 45, it's in that region. So, right. that, and, and all you have to do is, is literally step five of the neurocycle. The neurocycle is five steps. And we, we can cover that in, in a moment in one of the questions. But essentially, you, the, for the second 42 days are very quick. It's about a minute a day. But you're keeping it in your conscious mind with a very deliberate, simple process. And that doing that daily um, yeah. basically then gives it enough energy that it grows and now it can jump from the competition of all the trillions of thoughts in your non-conscious mind which you've been building since a certain point in the womb till the age you're at now so there's a ton of stuff there and they're all competing for attention but whatever's got the most energy that's the one that will move through the subconscious from the non-conscious through the subconscious and and actually impact how you behave how you behave so when this comes up the new behavior and it's strong enough and it comes conscious, I will then carry out that behavior. But if I can't get it up, 
Right. It's there. You can't see it. So that's what the 63 days does. It takes that time. It's called automatization. So we see a peak at 21 days. There's a little graph that, that I can find in a moment and then it drops down. And that means it's moving into the back into the non-conscious but super strong. And then it moves up. So that's wow. kind of the 63-day thing. So this could be done with anything, right? So we're, like, we're talking anything. about, you could talk about, we're, let's just finish with this ruminating, but it can. But this could be applied to anything, right? This could be applied Absolutely. to like how, you know, anxiety, depression, whatever it is, uh, toxic, you know, a, ha- a bad habit. Relationships. So, uh, relationship, uh, yeah. anything. Uh, people pleasing, all the stupid stuff that we do, we're all a mess. Everyone's a mess. And that's what we need to accept as well. Mental health yeah. is not a segment of the population. Mental health is the entire, uh, the entire planet since the beginning of time. So mental yeah. health is not on the rise. It's actually an existing condition of mankind. What we What we're not taught to do is to manage it. Well, you know, it's, yeah, I, I heard you say that before that like mental, when people call it mental illness or like calling anxiety or depression or post-traumatic disorder illness, if you say that that's like, it's not, it's just actually like a, what did you say? It was like, a it's response. just it's a response. Yeah. It's a response. It's a, war, a response a war, to an underlying cause. Everything we do, what we've got to remember is everything we do is driven by the mind. The mind experiences everything. So if the mind's experienced something toxic, the mind has processed that into the brain. It's there in the brain and the mind and the body. And that's how you show up. You don't just show up. You show up from what you've experienced. Right. That's what. Well, that's what we do as humans. You, 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 all your experience from a baby, from in the womb, you are building your basic personality is sort of there, but it's got to grow. And your and life's experiences build in, and that's how you show up. That's why a child who's sexually traumatized shows up in a certain uh, with these patterns. Obviously, no, there's no cookie cutter. But someone who's had bullying right. show up in a certain way. Someone who's had whatever. We all show up. How you, we've got to look, and this is part of the self-regulation and the awareness. We've got to look at how we're showing up. And sometimes I tell, I used to tell my patients this, and I actually told, I did an interview this morning, and I was saying that because they asked a similar question, how do you train yourself to be aware? You train yourself to be aware by watching how you show up. And it starts with just observing yourself in that simple way I initially started and then becoming yeah. aware of how you're communicating and then becoming aware and just watch yourself in a day. Don't even judge anything. Don't. It's all okay. You must always come into this thing with, it's okay, I'm human. Humans do this. None of this, oh, it's bad. I mustn't do this. I must say my gratitude statements. I must have my positive affirmations. <laughs> I must, you know, all the wellness, quick fix. Wow. Yes. What's wrong with me? I can't. We got to you know, like put that in its place, which is useful techniques at step five. Then you can bring those in and you can wind them in and give yourself grace in the process because there is no quick fix or magic potion that's going to change this thing. It's mind development. It is mind development. And I think that's it's so true. And people are always looking for a quick fix. And the reality is this is it's like it's like anything that you want to have long term sustainable results. You have to be working the program, working whatever you're doing. If you want to you gotta eat well all the time. You gotta work out all the time consistently exactly. to have to be physically fit, to have like, you know, to 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 have maintain your weight, whatever it is. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. You let it go and it becomes, you know, becomes a problem. It exactly. It is what it is. It is what it is. Your mind is what it's working anyway. So if you don't manage it, it's a mess. But if you manage it, which is actually naturally how you designed, you're going yeah. to be better. You know, what's interesting related to the world that you move in and what people know you very well for with wellness and fitness and exercise and, and just general wellness is the other, and I'll use this example. My husband and I and our, our kids, we try and do fasted workouts at least five days a week. Right. And we were at the gym the other day and we're doing this, we're doing our workout, but we went earlier than normal because of the schedule, that the hectic schedule at the moment. And um, one of the people at the gym said, hey, Mac and Caroline, we see you here super early. Now, this is the phrase that really got me, to get your workout over and done with. 
Now, you don't say something to, like that to me who's a mind yeah. person <laughs> because anything to get over it, it's the wrong mindset. So right. the point there is I wanted to give her a whole lecture, but I didn't. I was very glad and I said no. <laughs> I kind of just said, no, we're enjoying our workout because that is so important. I would have lost, if I was going there just to get over and done with, that yeah. mindset would change the DNA and the brain and the whole exercise, I would lose up to 80% of the benefit of that routine, that exercise really? routine I would have just done. Isn't that isn't that amazing? Yes. Same thing with eating. You come back from that workout and you're now fasted, so you're hungry, and you have this really these organic eggs or whatever it is that you eat, and it's all healthy, but you're still in that mindset, oh, this was this is a lousy day. You wake up worried. You're still worried. You just got your workout done, so you hassled, and you, you know, even though you've had a workout, you feel a little better, but you still hassled. You're going to lose 80% of that nutrition as well. So here you've done two great things, but because your mind was a mess, you've lost most of the benefits. Now, that's what we're not talking wow. about. Dude, that's, that's really re- interesting. That is. I think I actually heard you talk about something uh, on a podcast when I was like researching you um, about the, your, your pancreas, elicit, you know, your, your releases yes. all sorts of different neuropeptides. Um, neuropeptides. And if yeah. you're if you're angry, you're basically not absorbing the nutrients, and therefore exactly, exactly. It's so amazing. So your your whole digestive system is run by your mind. Your heart's run by your mind. Your lungs are everything is everything. run by your mind. So if you are now um, worked up and all that stuff like you just described, yeah. your pancreas is going to secrete twenty different neuropeptides that you have to have to assimilate that the nutrients from the food to take to the cells. That's right. one of the roles of the pancreas. But if you worked up, and that's just one thing I'm describing, that is that'll then affect everything else because everything works as a system. But generally, then a lot a lot of those those neuropeptides won't be secreted because of the mental mess of your mind. And if yeah. they're not secreted, you'll lose up to 75 to 80% of the nutrition. And that's just the pancreas. If, that, if the pancreas does that, the gallbladder, the intestines, everything's going to do something wrong as well right. because it has, a, it has a cascade effect through the entire digestive system. Your microbiome is going to go crazy. You know, yes. So what's happening in your mind, there's tons of research on the enteric nervous yeah. system. You know, these, so th- this is real. There, there is impact. That's why in the first part of the book, I talked about the clinical trials where I start to, I talk about some of the biomarkers down to the level of the DNA that can be affected if we just don't manage our mind. But if we manage our mind, we can shift that. We can go from having high cortisol and high homocysteine and increased inflammation and biological ages that are 30, 40 years older than our, um, our chronological ages, meaning we're vulnerable to sick, to, um, to sicknesses, to illnesses. We can go from that back to health. Just by mind management, you may not even you, you're not even going to maybe have solved it yet. But just the mere fact that you are embracing it to yeah. solve it shifts the whole way that your physiology functions, and that's the key. That's what I'm trying to put in people's hands because we've made mental health this inaccessible. I have to go to a doctor. I have to get mm-hmm. a medication. It's a scary neuropsychiatric brain disease. Um, what do I do about a brain disease? I mean, that just sounds, you know, terrible. I mean, think of yeah. this, this example I've been using a lot. Let's say that you're at a dinner party and we will get back to the rumination. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say that you're at a dinner party with friends and you sit down and you there's a whole crowd of you there and you pipe up and say, oh, gosh, I've been to the psychiatrist today and I got a, a diagnosis of, um, of clinical depression and I have this neuropsychiatric brain disease and my brain is like this and this. And everyone looks at you and thinks, okay, Okay, well, and they treat you differently. There's a whole shift in how people see you because of the messaging we've received for the last 48 years. But if you do what the science actually shows and what is the normal human response and you go to that dinner table and I cancel that that story, here's the other story, 
Oh, hi, guys. Gosh, this week has been unbelievable. This and this and this and this happened. And then this brought all these flashbacks of all these things. And then I started realizing and in therapy, this happened and that happened. And then this came up and people will lean in and say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. No wonder you feel depressed. That would make me depressed. I can't I can't even begin to. And then they share their experience. Can you see the difference? Yes, absolutely. It's two different narratives that we have created. And the one narrative has actually put us in a very dangerous predicament in this modern day and age with advances in medicine and technology. Lack of mind management has led to people dying 8 to 25 years younger from preventable lifestyle issues, which is crazy. Wow. Absolutely crazy. And the wellness movement has sprung out of that in response. So thank God for the wellness movement. But the wellness movement is not paying enough attention to mind. As you quite rightly said, we talk about let's do the exercise, let's eat the healthy diet, and let's do a bit of mindfulness for stress management. You right. can't do it in that order because the mind's driving the body, it's driving the food, it's driving how you came to that wellness practice in the first place, how you actually read that book or listen to that podcast. Your mind is, okay, this is just data or, oh, this is real for me. So we've got to get our mind managed to get the benefits of anything. Absolutely. Also, what happens is you get a lot. You get a lot of uh, information overload, right? You you can get the data, but then it's executing on the data is the problem, right? Because oh, yes. a lot of people just just read a lot and like it's in one ear out the other. You know, like yeah. There's a there's a lot of like key you know fads or trends that people are doing to, that that make them they say that they're doing to kind of feel that they're more holistic you know like you were saying like the gratitude journals and all these other things but does it really change does it really resonate and does it really work that's that's a whole other thing there was a study though i was going to ask you about the mm. idea of like if you're having a gratitude practice where you say something out loud like i'm happy i feel loved or you say a bunch of different things does it change the um, way your brain kind of responds and reacts by saying the words because your brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not. Did you do you know what I'm yeah, talking there's, about? There's, yes, I do. There's a lot of studies like that, and basically, it doesn't have any sustainability. Um, so, oh, that, so it's, yeah, so you'll have a shift because whatever you do is going to change the brain. But if you are feeling absolutely lousy and you're trying to use a statement, a set of words yeah, to try affirmations or affirmations. You're putting a band-aid on a pussy wound. It's not yeah. going to treat the issue. You've got to <laughs> you're putting a band-aid on you've got to treat the source of why I mean I use a pussy yeah. wound because it's gross to visual. Yes. But people but people will yeah. you know people will remember that. You yes. can't do that. It's it's like it's like going into the garden another analogy that's not as gross is you go and weed your garden but you just yeah. chop the head off. You've still yeah. got the roots. It's going to come back. So that's yeah. the issue. So gratitude, I'm not against gratitude statements and affirmations, but use them in the right place. And right. that's step number five. After brain preparation, awareness, five steps, and then only, because only then have you worked out why you would actually need that in the first place. Right. Otherwise, you're just honestly slapping a Band-Aid on a wound. And right. you say it's not sustainable. And there's also a backfiring effect. Like, for example, a lot of meditation practices, and I am not anti any of them. I think all of it, I talk about them in the book as well as brain preparation. We need all of these things, but we've taken a lot of the meditation practices out of context from the original sources. And we've yep. taken like bits and pieces and kind of slapped a little mm -hmm. bit on. And, and then people think, okay, well, I'll be mindful now. And you, I'm just being aware of the now moment. We're never just aware of the now moment because right now is informed by who you are, which is your past and what you want in the future. We, tra we time travel all the time. Our mind is in contact 
constant, constant time travel mode. So the discipline of forcing myself to be aware, which we spoke about a little bit earlier on, is a very good exercise, but you can't just have awareness and not manage it because it backfires. So people will say things, and the research shows this, people will say things like, now I'm more aware of my issues. Now I've got these flashbacks. It's freaking me out. I'm not going to meditate. I'm not going to close my eyes. It's too scary. <laughs> you know, and that's what I found in my research too. I show, I show brain pictures inside the brain of people that be- become aware. I can even show you what it looks like. I don't know if you saw the colored images in the I book. I think I did. I did see that. I'm telling you, this book was like an encyclopedia. <laughs> well, wow. I hope an easy one. I hope an easy one to read. It was. It was. It's I'm not, telling you, I have a lot of, um, what do you call those, doggy ears in my book here. Oh, Where yeah. That? Yeah, those. That's so this is on page 166, I think it is. It's, so uh, there's people, a whole bunch of colored images. So what you've got here so is... People who um, are not li- watching it, they're just listening. Um, what, do, what, what do I call you? Dr. Leaf? Carol? Dr. Carol oh, Leaf? What are, I'm fine. Carol, okay. I've got no A's and graces. That's no problem. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. She's showing us um, a picture of her in her book of brain... What you, what, just tell them what you're... So it's so the book's can. called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And okay. basically it's... Um, I do neuroscientific research, so I do clinical trials. So I look at mind and look at brain. So I look at a person's story, the, the whole psychological side, blood markers, DNA. But I also look inside the brain at the energy response of the brain. So I'm holding up um, brain, brain maps. They're basically called brain maps. where We've mapped the energy inside the brain. And what we want is mainly sort of gray with only a little bit of color that shows, um, and everyone's got their own unique pattern in that gray. It's not just one pattern. It's as, as, as many people as there are on the planet, there's as many different patterns of gray that you can get. But you can't, gray just signifies that there's balance in the brain and whatever. And the brain is flowing. Like, think of the waves of the sea. Uh, what I'm looking at there are the waves of the sea from the big swells of deep, deep, deep to the get, getting smaller to the break, to the waves building up on the beach and breaking and crashing and the little ripples and whatever. So what you're looking at here is um, the, 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 the different frequencies, delta, theta, alpha, beta, gamma, and this little head map. So essentially what the bottom, you can see one that's bright red. And that's, this is a person in, it's a case study in, um, in the book of a person in my clinical trial that was in the experiment in the control group so they got no mind management but they got all the testing and the testing involved tell tell me your narrative tell me what's going on in your life and psychological tests that that also would have questioned that too and and questioned the ability you know looked at their so they were made very aware through all the brain testing of their issues but they got no mind management so over the time the the study ran over the 63 days because you were also looking at what was happening in terms of the habit formation and so on and um, so they got worse they got so bad Um, at the end of the study obviously we gave them the neurocycle but if the page the page before you'll see another another lot of head maps and the first row is all blue and the rest is kind of a gray and the blue is when the brain brain is flatline when the brain when we see red it's like tsunamis in the brain instead of this nice flow like i just described like you'd see on the beach when the beach is being normal um then we have um anxiety at high levels of anxiety and feeling out of overwhelm and all that you get a, what we call a red brain and it either can be spots across the brain which that person the control subject had like spots across like the middle and the side that shows that people are having too much of like the breakers. Think of the, the, the big breakers on the beach, the mm-hmm. white when the ba- wave crashes, not little ones. Right. Think of gigantic ones that dump you. That's what you're seeing. When your whole brain goes red, that is dangerous. So that particular person's 
um, bi- biological age, their DNA was very had been so weakened that their um, their biological age was older than their chronological age, which meant the cells of their body were aging from not managing their mind. So awareness alone is not enough, and just yeah. and also this person also had been labelled with clinical anxiety, so they were their identity was all messed up. Clinical anxiety and depression are not it's schizophrenia, PT. These are not it's. They're not diseases. They are responses, as we said. They're warning signals. They're telling you, hey, pay attention. This red brain is like a red, red light, a traffic light telling you, stop. There's something right. going on. You can't just keep driving through that intersection. You're going to get wiped out. And um, that's what essentially what, what our brain and body are doing, our immune system. That is why that person with the red brain had increased inflammation in their brain and their body and increased cortisol levels and, in, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I won't go into all the detail. But what you do as soon as you start managing it. Now, the other person with the blue brain, they were in the experimental group. So they got the neurocycle. They did the mind management that we'll teach on the rumination example in a moment. And then brain within 21 days had gone to the gray color we wanted it to go to and which meant it was had stabilized and even and then that person at the beginning of the study with the blue brain they they they, they were giving they had been diagnosed with clinical depression relationships offline work offline not sleeping tried everything medications wow. they were giving up this was kind of their last ditch attempt to just try and get some normality in their life within three weeks they'd gone from saying it's hopeless to saying oh i know why i'm depressed not in the beginning, I am depression. Right. They went from I am depression. By 21 days, they were saying, I'm not depression. I am depressed because of. I had an experience. I had right. several adverse experiences, but I now know, know what to do. But they still, it was a little tree. So it was, they had done, they'd taken this toxic tree, found the roots, deconstructed it, pulled the roots out, destroyed this, and regrown this. That's literally what happened in the brain. Okay, so basically what you're saying is people through this neurocycling, part of it, the, the awareness, self-regulation, learning how to do those things, you're kind of at the, but the crux is kind of figuring out for yourself what the root cause of any problem Absolutely. really is. Absolutely. That's because the source. That's, that's the, the source, source for anything. So anything. You, and, and everything else is kind of band, bandages. But then you do talk about, I think in step three, Wait, step one is the awareness. Step two is, what's the step well, two? Step, step, step two is reflect, but the, the awareness is how you, there's, there's gather awareness, which is a oh, very yeah, specific gather. step. So to, prior to that, we were talking about self-regulation and awareness and how do you get people into self-regulation. Right. And self-regulation is where you're monitoring your thinking, feeling, and choosing. You're monitoring your mind every 10 seconds. I mean, that's literally what it means. And right. you might think that's impossible, but your mind's working anyway. So it's just developing a constant state of awareness, which we can right. do. Okay. Then we spoke about um, how do you start that process it starts by being aware and I gave you the simple examples of looking at yourself and then watching so that is just getting yourself into this multiple perspective advantage so you come into the neurocycle with that multiple perspective advantage watching yourself now you are watching yourself so you can you watching in your wise mind and you are also your the, the, the messy mind. And the messy mind's an active one doing life and the wise mind's saying, hey, like there's a robot, there's a red traffic light, there's a problem, listen. Right. <laughs> and we don't always listen though. We kind of ignore this a lot. So we, this this process teaches you to listen. So the, the easiest way to deal with these, understand the neurocycle is to recognize, okay, self-regulation, 
that awareness. Mm-hmm. And then, so you come in with multiple perspective advantage. So an analogy for that would be, imagine that you're flying a little helicopter, but it's like a time capsule. Never, this thing never runs out of gas. It just keeps going. It's you driving it. You're the pilot. And you're flying over this forest, which is all your experiences, your thoughts, with your memories. So it's all your thought trees. So it's a forest of trees. So you're flying over your mind and your brain. And as you, so in other words, you've got a multiple perspective. You can see it over the top. And you're, right. you've got a co-pilot. Your co-pilot is that wise mind, that wide for love survival mind that I know what I'm supposed to do, that we don't always listen to. But that's what that's the person, that's that's the part of you that it kind of advises you and that you develop in skill to tune into that as you self-regulate. So that's the scenario. So you approach the neurocycle in your helicopter, which is your multiple perspective advantage. You right. messy pilot flying all over the place, co-pilot saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't fly like that. Maybe you should see there's a smoke signal over there. This thing's giving us signal off. Maybe we should actually go see what's going on there because that right. thing is huge and that's grabbing your attention. And in this particular example, to come back to our example, the signal is how are you showing up and you're showing up with this ruminating. See, so now, right. so there's this, so you, so you, the ruminating, let's say it's happening a lot. Let's say that your day just keeps going into rumination. Then the slightest thing just gets, sets it off and you find your mind just going over and over and over these narratives. And then another thing happens and you do, that's how you deal with stuff. You're just ruminating and nothing progresses forward and it's making you feel terrible. So that's the signal. So instead of just flying over, which would be drug it or positive affirmations or gratitude statements right. or right. don't do it. Tell yourself, don't do it. I'm not yeah. going to do it. And you last for five minutes and you're doing it again. So you right. don't want to do that. You have to land the helicopter. You have to land the helicopter at the tree and you have to get out the helicopter and you have to embrace that and embrace not, I don't mean go hug the tree because let's say the tree is full of uh, poisonous apples. You go hug the tree, they're going to fall on your head. You're still going to be overwhelmed. So you stand back at a safe distance. So all the scenarios, how you come in and you give yourself permission, that's okay. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel shame. There's no condemnation. You're a human. All of us on this planet since the beginning of time battle with our mind. So you land the plane and that's the attitude. And you get out the plane and you and your co-pilot, messy mind, wise mind, go up and now you start step one. Okay, so that that's the whole attitude that you come in. And there is, and I do explain in the book, before you start the neurocycle, I mean, this attitude shift takes you a few seconds. Once you understand what it is, it takes me longer to explain than it does to do. So once you understand it, then you can prepare your and you, you can also do a lot of brain preparation and brain preparation can are things like meditation, tapping, havening, deep breathing. And I give you a lot of exercises that some examples and you can do it just for a minute or so. So you land the tree and you look at this and think, oh, my gosh, I'm scared. Do some breathing, do some tapping, do some havening, minute or two. And what's havening? What's havening? Ha- havening is when you basically rub. It's the sensation when you just basically hug yourself and you rub up and your arms up and down, or you can rub your rub your wrists or rub your hands. So it's the sensation of rubbing that then creates calms down. That sensation goes into your brain and calms down the amygdala, which is one of the uh, which is a part of our brain that holds. It's like a library holding emotional perceptions. Right. So as we look at this tree, there's a whole library of memories associated look at all the memories so that's like this is a library of memories and the amygdala is because the brain responds the amygdala is activated so now your mind is reading all the library books and it can freak you out and say this is a lot going on here and it's pointing to something i'm not quite sure i want to deal with i'd rather run away and that's that's what the that's what that is havening tapping deep breathing can help calm down the neurochemical chaos that's happening around that area because i think too 
Tapping then, works too. Tapping, tapping as well. You can do the tapping. You know, these are different ways yeah, of doing tapping. Yeah, all this. What does this mean? Like the same thing. It's just to calm down your nervous yeah, system. It does. It's just down. it's touch. All of this is touch. So this is rubbing touch. So as soon as you touch, you you uh, you are impacting that gravitational field. Remember, I said your mind is yeah gravitational field, and your mind works with your body. So it's creating an integration between the mind and the body. And it's a sense because sensation is how we can also quickly reintegrate. Because when we feel overwhelmed, we disintegrate. <laughs> Literally, right. disintegrate. Yeah. So it's a so it's a way of reintegrating. I mean, this one of the simplest ways of doing it is so as sorry as you're doing this in the tapping, it's 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 touch which sends a sensation. It's an electromagnetic wave and also a quantum wave that then starts moving through. It increases what we call theta in the brain, which is a which is a a wave in the brain that gives you a sensation of peace so oh, you, so okay. that scene increases theta through your brain and that calms you down so it's a, they're little calming down tactics they don't solve the problem but they right. get you ready for the work that's why right. i call them brain preparation they're offered in the wellness industry as the solution they're not they're part of the solution and that's why a lot of people will do them and think well it didn't fix my problem well that's exactly it so like i've heard of i've heard of I've heard of tapping and havening, but it's used as like a technique to help with anxiety or depression. But you're saying it's just the start. Like it's like a minute you do before just to kind of calm yourself down to get to kind of like, it's like the foreplay before you start, basically. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it is. That's a great way of explaining yeah. it. it is. It's, it's the foreplay. It's get your brain and body ready for the work. Because yeah. if, your phys- if your neurophysiology is out of whack, it's super difficult to get your mind yeah. out of control. You know, that's these are the principles that are operating. Okay. Yeah. So then so then, then you land your plane. You've got these things. You could do a little bit. One of the exercises I've developed is the 10-second pause, which is based on a lot of scientific, different scientists. Yeah, tell us about that. I was going to ask you about that anyway. The 10-second yeah, pause oh, and the 39. 39- rule I wanted to ask you okay. both of those. there you go you see that those are good yeah. things okay so yeah. basically um, if you breathe in for three counts and out for seven but it's very forceful so in for three and then you push it out for seven you push oxygen to the front of your brain the extended exhalation increases your decision making capability so oh. one of the things that goes when you are very overwhelmed is decision making and what you want is good decision making which is yeah. preceded by feeling and thinking because you think feel choose so right. when you extend the breath you improve your ability to think, feel, and choose. And so choose. then what that's I, what the key I, word, choose, that's, right? Because yeah. you're always choosing, right? You're always you're making always a choice. Cho- but it's also feeling and thinking. So the three always work together. They never work separately. So what you do okay. to make that 10-second pause even more powerful is you say, as you're breathing in for three, you say to yourself, think, feel. And as you breathe out, you say, choose, you know, that ocean breath from yoga, yeah, you like yeah. force it out. You almost feel high. You'll feel like it because it pushes it out. And that's what you want. You And if you do that, um, if you do that six to nine times, that's a minute to a minute and a half, that even three times, even once will help. But the it, it, the more you do it, so you don't have to really do more than 90 seconds, but anything from one of those to three to six to nine will help calm down the neurochemical chaos. So you can not only use it in the doing the work but you can also do it if you're in a situation that's thrown oh. you if something happens and you know like people say breathe well, how i'm breathing you know like the right. 10 second pause is very powerful especially with that cognitive aspect you know if everything's like chaotic around you just breathe in think feel choose for 10 seconds and maybe repeat it a few times it drops the neurophysiology back to a calm state again so those are just some of the little things that you can do and then you would come in and then you actually gather awareness step one is gather awareness step two is 
reflect. Step three is write. Step four is act, is recheck. And step five is active reach. And now um, in let's say that you are in this process of ruminating and you see you're doing it very often. It's a pattern. Anything yeah. that's a pattern is a habit. So you're going to yeah. have to do 63 days to, to find this. You're not going to find this in one five-step neurocycle. You can do right. the neuro, you can do the neurocycle very quickly. And I explain it on the podcast where I talk about orange theory, where I had an argument with my daughter on the way then. Yes, yes. So, 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 so we, <laughs> to sort out what, that to get yourself under control, you can do the neurocycle quickly to get yourself back under control. But if there's any kind of pattern, you need to do the, the long version. So that, so you can use neurocycling on two levels. Every day, because your mind's working anyway, in the moment. So if you have an argument, like I explained, or you read an email and you've got to get your head together and it's thrown you and you've got to get in front of the camera or someone says something to you, you're completely thrown in the moment. So you can use it very quickly. And the more you use it, the better you get at using it. The key to why it's so great in the moment and in the long term is it's a systematized way that you get your wise mind talking to your messy mind and driving the neuroplasticity of your brain. So it's a systemized process. And the more you, the more you apply systems to mind and brain, the more efficient you become. Okay, so that's yes. basically it. So all this picture to paint, you gather awareness like picking apples off a tree. Don't go stand under the apple tree. Stand back and you control the picking. That's why I say gather. Gather means, and you, the whole thing is you're embracing, you're processing, you reconceptualize. You're not scared of this. I'm not saying run away from it. I'm saying embrace it. It's yeah. not scary. Depression, anxiety are not scary. They're messengers. They're warning signals. So you'd basically gather awareness. So imagine you're holding a bar- basket. You'd gather awareness of your emotional warning signals, your physical warning signals your behavioral warning, all that. Explain it exactly in the book. So you yeah. gather those. So it's very systematic. It's not, don't jumble it all together. It's very distinct. Then once you've got them, you then, and you keep telling yourself, it's okay. Let your wise mind keep telling your pilot, your co-pilot keeps saying, this is okay. This is normal. This is, it's okay. We'll sort out the guilt, condemnation, whatever that does. You use it to make it work. You keep reassuring yourself. Then right. you reflect. Reflect is like, is a deep word for, um, if you reflect a light through a prism, it comes out the other side in a, in, in a rainbow so it's right. deep reflection is deep it's ask answer discuss to find out why you have those signals all non-judgmental and then as you gather and reflect you're going to write down and the that's way what that, i want to ask yeah. you i so want to I, ask you about that because i didn't realize that it was so powerful beyond just organization oh, or yeah. like eliminating chaos there's all this research about writing and your immune system that i had no idea oh yeah no it totally it's it's by this stage if you write especially if you write after those two steps and if you write, there's two ways of writing. So if you write in the, the, so the third step is write in the form of a metacog. The fourth step is writing, but now it's rechecking, it's getting order. So the first one is like literally vomiting your brain on the paper. Um, right. So it's your mind <laughs> and your brain. Mind, and always remember mind and brain, okay? And brain, so, yeah. And the, stri- the system I developed over 38 years, and by the way, all this, I mean, I've done this for like 38 years in clinical practice and Amazing. whatever. There's a whole background here. So these are five <laughs> simple steps, but they profoundly researched. Yeah. When you write, Right, right in the they form. are. <laughs> this book is like unbelievably like it's very extensive. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's also easy to read. I don't know if you noticed there that I put little sections in. This is what it means for you. So you can skip the hard science, look at the pictures and read that and still no, get I the agree. benefits. And also you can go to the table of contents and just kind of get the idea of what it's about. And so it's very, very easy. You put it, you, you do a very good job of making it, putting it in layman's terms for the average person who's not a medical doctor to understand and apply it. So I applaud you for that. But oh, yes, no, that's great. No, it's so, true. No, thank you. Well, um, this is what I hope 
get it in the hands of people to help us get our minds right. If we can get this mind right, the, it takes one mind at a time to have that collective influence. We can get our society changed. I mean, we've got to deal with things like societal racism yes. and the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, this, the toxic environment we're living in. We've got to change stuff. We can't carry on doing what we're doing. And so, you know, this is, but that's a mind thing. We can't, that's mind. So if we can get our minds thinking differently, we can be much more, and that's, you know, that's the bigger picture of this. I agree. And also control and having and taking the control into our own hands and having the proper tools to help ourselves, which is very, which is what this is yes. really about, yeah. right? Like you're, you're not relying on an external force to kind of help or, you know, cure you, so to speak, but not a cure, but to help kind of like get you to a place where you want, where you want to be. You're kind of learning, you're, you're learning and applying it in a way that's very, very simple and systematic. So, sorry. So you were saying something about no, the no. writing. I don't no, want to interrupt you. No, no, no. Yeah. This is good. It's it's all it's all elaborating on it, and that's very true because your mind is with you all the time, twenty four seven. You're living with yourself. So how are yeah. you managing your mind? If you go to therapy, which is a great thing to do, I totally encourage people to go to the therapy, counseling, coaching. This is not going to replace that. This enhances therapy. It enhances coaching and counseling. But you're there one or two hours a week. What are you doing the rest of the time? You with yourself. How do you live with yourself? That's oh, what absolutely. this book is essentially teaching you. How do I live with myself? But also people can go to a therapist for years and have yeah. real and just and just be at the same spot. Exactly. Stuck, you know, exactly. like that's that's the other issue. You know, I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Of course, I'm saying if it works for you, all the power to you. But it's always good, I think, to take control of your own life and kind of have the ability to try progress and forward. help yeah. progress forward. Right. You've and got to do both. Yeah. You do. And I think like having the tools, like if it's the whole silly saying of like, do you go fishing or do you learn how to, you know, like do you catch a fish or do you like go fishing or what's that? What's that? Yeah, silly? You, you, know? <laughs> you can teach a person to fish or you can give them a fish. Right. It's that kind of thing. So you can you I'd know, rather just giving, learn. Exactly. And you do because giving a person a fish is not sustainable, but teaching a person to fish is sustainable. So if you are doing this, you'll actually get more benefit out of therapy because therapy won't go on for years and years because you'll get progress. You'll be able yeah. to identify and get to the root causes and manage those. So therapy is fantastic in this process to help you manage the stuff that comes up because it gets worse before it gets better. When you start seeing causes of the of why you're ruminating or why you've got those certain behavior patterns, it can be shocking because you could have suppressed stuff for years. And it's very frightening to see that. So that's where therapy is great to help you unpack that and process that. But yeah. you but you taking control because no one can fix yeah. you. No one can fix you. People therapy is a support and a way a place to process and understand and unpack. But right. you've got to you've actually got to be doing the work. You know that's that's what I'm putting these tools into people's hands. So you don't feel completely dependent you can be independent i talk about the pathway to empowerment and that and that starts with yeah. autonomy and when you realize when you do all this picture of this whole helicopter i'm giving teaching you about agency i'm showing you you have agency you're empowered right. to face this thing you have it in you you have the power in your mind to be able to face this thing and deconstruct and reconstruct because that's why i started in the beginning your mind controls your brain you can direct what you want to change in your brain your brain's always changing so this past can change doesn't have to be your future you can change how the past plays out into your future that's right. the power of this thing so you yeah. don't have to be controlled by the past because we all have a past right and we're all creating new pasts in every moment and we've got to know how to manage those and that's not what we're addressing that's why i'm addressing it that's why i'm so passionate about it because i know it works too no it's so, true and like you're constantly like you said you constantly are uh, every new experience changes your 
your I'm sorry, how much time do you have left? I don't want to go. We can do a part two. We can do a part two. This always happens if you want to do that. This always happens. There's just so much to talk about. So there's like so much. We could talk about that and then have one other question about negative thoughts or not toxic thoughts and how to make sure negative thoughts don't turn into toxic thoughts. Okay. Perfect. Excellent. Okay. So quickly, the writing, uh, when you write, you write in the form of a pattern. It's called a metacog. And it, what it does is it pulls the two sides of the brain to work together. It helps you to introspect very deeply and it actually helps to reduce the inflammation in the immune system. Because what you're doing is you're sending the message to the immune system that, okay, I got this. I'm fighting this. I'm, I got it under control. So if you have an invasion of an army and there's no control, everyone freaks out. But as soon as you've got the army then protecting you, you and right. something's happening so that's what writing is doing when you write in the form of a metacog you're giving the message to your immune what system what is a metacog tell people what a metacog so is a meta- metacog is a way of organizing information on the page that looks like a pattern so you're starting in the middle and then you're okay. growing branches exactly like a tree and it, it's messy but it's profound right. it is i mean i can go on for hours about how that helps in therapy with people with disassociation and multiple personalities to the fact that just using it yourself on a day-to-day basis will help you find out why you're ruminating so it digs very deep helps you start digging digging the sand away to reveal right. the roots and then you would basically so you write that down it's kind of messy it's just like no it just pour it out the fourth step is also writing but now you're making sense through check of what you've written where you're trying to organize the patterns the triggers the activators the antidotes and you're reconceptualizing you're starting to look at it from a different angle so you're taking then you're reconstructing it because at this stage you've deconstructed now you are starting the process of reconstructing And the first step is an active reach where you're doing a little simple action because you cannot do hours and hours of this. And people try and do that. You do 15 to 45 minutes in a day and you stop with the active reach. It's the full stop on the sentence. It's the what can I collectively learn from the four steps today? And maybe all you learn is that, okay, I'm ruminating 60% of the time. That's your signal. It's making my body, I've got GI symptoms from it. Um, I am, uh, I am, um, it's creating depression. It's making my perspective like life is just too difficult. So you pick up that's what you've gathered. Reflect, you may have discovered, okay, well, I'm doing this. There's definitely, it's definitely happening a lot and it's impacting the way I'm functioning and it's impacting, having a massive impact on my relationship whatever and then you write all that down and as you and you write and write and as you recheck you seeing gosh there's like a lot going on here i'm ruminating because i'm stuck it looks like some sort of perfectionism thing or and so you the recheck starts making sense and uh. then you start seeing oh one little route and then you stop and the active reach is okay that's enough for today. You don't want to overwhelm. It's a very draining. So you want to keep your energy up. So you're just going to say, okay, well, I'm ruminating because there's some kind of perfectionism going on. And so you could say, it's okay to ruminate because I'm finding the solution. You write that down. It's okay to ruminate because I'm finding the solution. So you've given yourself permission. As soon as you give yourself permission, you own it. It doesn't control right. you anymore. So it's a simple, or it could be a simple statement of, I'm not, I don't have to be perfect. I think it's perfectionism. I have a reason for my ruminating. It could be that. I have a reason for my ruminating. You write that down. I've got an app as well. You can put it in the app or just put it in the app to reach on your, I mean, the reminders on your phone and you make it pop up. And during the day when you want to go back there and get all heavy, you don't. You stop and you just do the active reach. And then you come back tomorrow. And so you do that for 21 days. And then from date 42, uh, 22 to 63, you're going to just do step five, which is because over day one to day 21, you pull this thing apart, you deconstruct it, upend it, and you rebuild this. If you look there, there's light, 
Night leaves amongst the dark. The dark is how right. you're going to be behave, how you're going to now function, how you're now going to show up. You're not going to show up like this anymore. You're not going to ruminate that in that way about because you now know why. And the the dark, the light there is why you ruminate. So now you practice this by day 63. As you want to ruminate, you this pops up and says, okay, I'm ruminating because I'm not going to do it. I catch it. I'm going to find out what is the reason in this particular case that I'm ruminating. So your behavior changes. You don't ruminate and it doesn't impact your relationship. Do you see what I'm saying? I so got that, you. Yes. That's, the, that's the process. And it's very, very clearly explained in the book how to do that. Oh, perfect. So, and quickly, because I know we have two minutes. Negative thoughts are not your to- are not toxic thoughts. How are What are the two key things to prevent negative thoughts to turn to... Well, okay, so so um, the, the, the negative thought is um, the, the toxic means it's already kind of doing damage. So as it yeah. as it builds, as we have a negative thought, we think something negative, and in the moment, it's it could be it's something that's flashing up from the past. So the first thing about a negative thought is where is it coming from? What because every time I, you like you're listening to me now, thoughts will pop up, and as they because we are informed the way we understand incoming information is through the thoughts from the past. So if it comes up, some of them will be healthy, some will be these negative thoughts. And a negative negative and toxic thoughts are very similar. Toxic, it's where, where you, it's really controlling you. It's become very ingrained. It's become a habit. It's become part of, it's established. Right. Whereas a negative thought might, might be just a momentary reaction in a situation. So someone says something to you and your thought is, ah, oh, they're irritating. Right. Um, that's not toxic yet. It becomes toxic if you dwell on that. And you you oh, then build the a narrative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you dwell on any, you, and you start building the story, you start making assumptions and you'll be 70% wrong most of the time anyway. So you start building a story. So when something happens and you have a negative reaction and then you kind of grab it and you start rum, ruminating on it, you then build <laughs> it into a toxic thought. See, that's the thing. So to recognize these is to question every reaction you have. And that comes back to self-regulation. So, gotcha. and then okay. and you give yourself permission. Oh, okay. I'm thinking this reaction. Oh, this is, everything is, oh, this is information. Even the negative stuff that we would have yes. thought, oh, that's bad. You don't see it as bad. You see, oh, this is information. Let, what is it telling me? What is, yes. you know, so it's I a thought you're supposed to, I thought you're supposed to set a time limit for a negative thought. Like you're only allowed to think about something negative. Oh, that's a, that's a technique. That's a technique for um, when you, it's an active reach technique that you can use as a first step. So when you find yourself um, in the, if you find during the course of the day that you uh-huh. are allowing a lot of these thoughts to come up, then you, you're going to, to, to control it. We can get into the habit of just allowing them to keep coming. And what we've got to say is, okay, well, I see that. I see that. I see that. That's like five or six in a row now. Write them down and say, okay, oh, enough. Okay. Stop. And now if you, there's three or four that have come up for every negative one that's or toxic one that's come up, you're now going to force yourself to think of three good ones because the healthy thoughts will then overpower. So it's a discipline. So you're training your mind, right. your messy mind, which will just go and do its thing um the right. wise mind says no okay you've thought of three of one of three of these you've got to think of nine of these it's a one to three ratio but you don't ignore these you acknowledge and then you say okay i'm now for this moment i'm going to think of three things that are healthy that to build more energy to then get that under control but i'm not going to pretend this doesn't exist if this keeps coming up i have to go do the work i have to do a 63 day to go and fix it but in right, this moment right. i'm still going to work for the day so i'm going to get that under control by forcing myself to think of a three to one ratio that's what that means oh gotcha well you're okay i know you got to run to another thing so i just want to say Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's my and pleasure. Thank you. No, it was absolutely delightful. Where do people find you, your book, everything about you? Just give Thank us your, you. your details. 
Well, they can find me at Dr. Caroline Leaf. All my insta- all my social media handles are Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. And then um, my book is called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, as we've been saying, and it's available yeah. wherever books are sold. And I know that, um, yeah, so it's available everywhere. And my website's drlief.com. And I have a podcast also called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Absolutely. So they can get and more it's a great podcast. There. Thank you so much. I'd love to have you on. I really would. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lots lots of stuff to talk about. (laughs) Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast. Powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.